again. This is Ray Morales with The Blind Spot. And today, my guest is Paul Mims. Paul, how you doing? I'm doing fine, thank you. Well, tell me a little about yourself. Well, um, I guess I'll just start at the beginning, wherever that is. Okay. Um, I um, am currently uh, the vice president of the Blinded Veterans Association. Um, and hopefully in August, I will become president of BVA. Oh, cool. I've been uh, involved with BVA since 1986. And so I've been a member for about 37 years. I've uh, been, I was involved in the startup of what was my regional group at that time, uh, the Missouri Regional Group. I, uh, during that same time after I uh, joined, I was also attending college. I returned to college after my vision loss became you know, pretty, uh, what would I say, uh, impactful on my life. And so I knew I needed to do something else in order to be able to do anything. So I uh, discovered blind rehabilitation. And so I went through that. And when I was at the Heinz VA, I joined the BVA. Um, after I finished college uh, for my bachelor's degree in 1989, I went on to the University of Kansas and got my master's degree in social work. Uh, in 1991, I graduated from that program. Um, in 1992, I applied to the VA and I was hired at the vet center here in Kansas City, Missouri. And so I worked there as a counselor for uh, nine, eight years, eight years. And then in 2000, I applied for and and uh, got a position at the West Palm Beach VA Medical Center. They were opening up a new blind rehab center, and I was actually hired as a CATS instructor, you know, computer access training. Oh, cool. And uh, so I did that from 2000 to about 2000, the November 2004, and then I was selected for the VIST coordinator position at West Palm Beach. And I, you know, functioned in that position until 2009 when I retired. Cool. So let me ask you a little bit about your blindness. Okay. Um, how did it start and how bad is it? Well, I, uh, it started when I was serving on board ship in Vietnam in 1968. Uh, short story, we picked up a load of ammo when we were in the Philippines and uh, brought it back to Vietnam. We offloaded some and we kept some for ourselves. We used a block and tackle pulley to lower it into the ammo locker down below decks. And so I was going to midnight watch on the fantail and uh, somebody didn't fasten that pulley down. And I walked around the corner of the superstructure and walked right into that pulley. I was walking one way and it was coming back at me the other way and oh, hit me wow. right in the left eye. I brought on the early onset of glaucoma and I lost most of the visual field of my left eye in about the next 30, 30 days. Did it damage and, the uh, bone structure there? It, it didn't get the bone structure, it broke my glasses and it pushed that lens right into my eye. Ooh. But, um, you know, however that happened, it didn't, it didn't really damage my face that much. 
it did a little. It pushed my eye socket around a little bit, but not not that you could tell. Uh-huh. But it, it got to my eyeball with that lens, and that's what did it. Right. Fortunately, it was a plastic lens, so it didn't break. But, you know, that, that lens just pushed it to my eye socket. Sure. And Still the so, damage was done, right? Right. So the pressure in my eye, which is what glaucoma is, is a rise in the pressure in the fluid mm-hmm. of, your, of your eye. And it went up to about 60. Ooh. You know, when I first had, was diagnosed. And that wasn't until about 35 days later when we finally got to Guam. And I went to the Navy Hospital in Guam for an appointment. And that's when I found out that what I had was very likely glaucoma. Right. And so they did, you know, the test and treatment that they could there, put me on eye drops, but they sent me back stateside. And so then uh, I was, you know, soon after, well, I guess you'd say soon after. Anyway, I was medically discharged in January of 1969. Uh, since then, I guess one eye decided it wanted to do what the other one was doing. So um, it advanced over the years until 2003 when I was declared totally blind with no light perception. Oh, wow. So now I, I have no vision at all. I see. Wow. So that's um, just a freak accident, and that's what happened. Yeah. 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 People always ask me how. How did the veterans get blind? Do they war injuries or what? I said, no, it can happen anyway. You know, there's many different ways. As, as soon as as soon as I say that, they say, like what? And I can't explain every one of them. Right. Say, <laughs> as many veterans as there are, there's that many different ways that they can lose their vision. Pretty much. Pretty much. So, okay. I didn't, didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just had to. Oh, know. that's fine. So um, continue on. That's That's pretty much it. Um, you know, as, as, uh, I can tell you as, as I got to the point where my vision started advancing, uh, when I left the workforce in 1983 and then I had one more job in 1984, then it didn't, it didn't work out that well. So, uh, I, I was at the bottom of my barrel, so to speak. Right. Um, I actually got up one day, I made some pancakes and, uh, oh, they came out beautiful. And so I fixed the plate, got a TV tray, went in the living room, sat down to, you know, in front of the TV that I could just barely see and eat them. Mm -hmm. And I started focusing on the fact that I could just barely see the TV and that I was going blind. And that first bite, I couldn't swallow it. You know, because I was on the verge of crying. And so I threw those beautiful pancakes away, went upstairs, got in the bed. Uh-oh. I was there for three days. Uh, I saw it coming. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that third day, I got up and I said, why not me? And I had been just, of course, why me? And I had a list of people that I'd you know, come up with, it's going to happen to them and not me, you know, because I'm a great guy. And, you know, um, but I said, why not me? And I figured out that I had my motivation to be something besides nothing. I had my intelligence, which is, you know, in one way, my ace. I had the support of my family. I had my physical health intact. 
and I have my faith. Right. And so I took those five things and I said, okay, why not me? So I went down to the office where you get food stamps. And I went in there and applied for food stamps and I was leaving and I had 85 cents. Bus fare was 80 cents. <laughs> I had nickels, dimes, and a quarter. Okay, so I'm coming out of the office. I was counting the change. Somebody was running into the running in the building, ran into me, and I ended up dropping a dime. I had 75 cents left. So I had to find that dime so I'd have enough for the 80 cents bus fare. Right. So I was down on the ground feeling around for the dime because I couldn't see it. And so just as I felt it with my fingers, I looked up. And in the window of the state office building, there was a sign there that said Bureau for the Blind. <laughs> Didn't know it existed. And the other sad thing is I wasn't aware that the VA had services for veterans who were experiencing blindness. Yeah, I think that's one of their best kept secrets. It, 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 it turns out to be. So I went through there and I you know, went back in the office building. I asked the security guard. I said, I saw this sign outside. It says Bureau for the Blind. I need to go see them. Where are, where are they? He says, man, it's just right over there in the corner. And he pointed out, I said, wait, wait, wait. I mean it. I need them. He said, oh, man. I, I... So he took, walked me over to the hallway and said, let's go down the end of the hall. You're going to run into some double doors. Uh, do you need help with that? I said, no, I think I can get that. And I haven't looked back since. <laughs> I went through blind rehab with, the, with uh, actually the state of Missouri and uh, went through six months of blind rehabilitation. I learned O&M with a white cane. I learned Braille. I learned manual skills, living skills, and language skills. And so when I left there, I was well-trained. Uh, right when I'd been there about four months, I found out about the VA. Uh -huh. And so I went up to the VA one day, and I met my VIS coordinator. And uh, eventually I ended up going to Heinz in Illinois at the Blind Rehab Center. Right. And I, I trained there further on the use of a CCTV. And then after, you know, I trained with it, it, it was, I was issued one. Uh-huh. And so I came back. I had enrolled in college. I'd already finished one semester by then. So I went back and like I, I went through uh, college all year long after that. So I went that summer, finished up my associate's degree. Uh, that fall, I went and I started my undergraduate degree. I finished that up in 1989. Uh, in 1991, like I said, I got my master's in social work from University of Kansas. Then I came out and I joined the workforce. Cool. I had some vision left then, but not enough to drive. I quit driving in 1980. Right. So I just try to keep, kept using what I had left. Well, most of us vets that have uh, some type of blindness, we have to stop driving anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think and that's one of the first things it. to go. Yeah. And that sends you into a spiral of uh, depression. Right. And I, I, I went through that, uh, you know, that those three days. But, you know, I'm fortunate to have recovered from that. Well, that's fortunate. You pulled then, yourself through. Right. 
So tell me what you're doing now. What do you, what do you do for, for fun? What do you do for fun? You know, um, I'll say that what I'm doing now is I'm vice president of the Blinded Veterans Association. Uh-huh. I take that serious, uh, or seriously. And so I, I put a lot into um, performing my elected duties. Uh, so that's the biggest thing I think I do with my day. Uh, I, I won't say it's fun, but I enjoy it because right. I, I understand, or at least I accept the fact that although I'm blind, I've been blessed. And so the volunteer work I do with the Blinded Veterans Association and some other activities that I do, they're a way that I can give back in appreciation for the blessings that I have. And so I put a lot of time in that, but in 1989, I also, over that summer, I went to get a guide dog. And uh, so that gave me you know, some something else to live for if it wasn't somebody else. Right. And, um, but it, it also started taking time. It gave me a way to exercise and it gave me, uh, you know, just freedom. It gave me freedom. Right. You know, in, in traveling. And, um, you know, so that was a phase of my life that I think is, was developmental to who I am now. Um, and from, from that freedom, I, I've gone on to do things like travel to BVA conventions and ACB conventions. And first thing people ask, well, well who went with you? Well, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's who went with you. It's my dog, and I said, "Really?" And okay, so how do you find how do you find the, the, the your way around the airport? I said, "Well, I'll get people that'll guide me." You know, uh, all you got to do is ask. Yeah, you just ask, and you'll get help. And my dog follows them, and we get there. Well, wait a minute. If you don't have any vision now, so who cooks for you? I said, "I do." <laughs> And, okay, and and what about your laundry? Does your mother or your sisters do you? No, I do my own laundry. I live in a house. I don't live in an apartment. It blows their mind, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I do stuff. I plant flowers, and you know, I I've been president of the homeowners association here where I live. I was president of the homeowners association where I lived in Florida. So I've been in active in leadership, if you will, and you know. I guess their political activities for several years, pretty much since 2000 at the least. And so I've uh, done, I've done my part to try to give back. Um, I got married in 1998, but unfortunately my wife was a uh, brittle diabetic. She died in 2016. I'm sorry to hear that. But um, I will tell you, thank you for that. But, um, the two last things she said to me were, are you going to still work with the BVA and other stuff? I said, yeah. And she said, well, you go get them, honey. <laughs> and, and then the last thing she said was, I love you so much. Oh, that's sweet. But I, I, in my own way, I dedicated what I do now 
to memory of her and how yeah. supportive she was of what I decided I wanted to do with my life. That's awesome. And she was blind herself. Oh. So she had a great appreciation for, you know, what I could do and what I could share with her. But she she really admired, admired as she told me, the way I give so much to help other people. Wow, that's, that's a testimonial there. So um, you talk about your wife. Any children? I have one daughter, but it was by my first marriage. She had a daughter by her first marriage. So okay uh, that that's the children that we have my um uh, and it's been long enough my daughter is now 50 years old so no kids <laughs> so you're an empty nester uh yeah i'm an empty nester but you know my daughter has two sons and she has some um stepbrothers and sisters and so you know with all of them i've got about 16 grandkids and i've oh, got my. a couple of great grandkids Wow. And so, um, you know, I, I, I enjoy interacting with my family and uh, we're, we're all still here in Kansas City for the most part. And so, um, like every uh, the first Friday of every month, I try to I try to get together with my mother and sisters and we just go to lunch. We just pick a place and we go there. And uh, I will tell you. Uh, you know, what's great about that, one thing that's great about that anyway, is my mother is 98 years old. Oh, wow. She is still here with me. And so I appreciate the time that I still have with her. Right. So in September, you know, she'll hopefully turn 99. Wow. Well, praise the Lord for that. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So... The BVA. Let me get back to that. Because yes, sir. I uh, I just joined um, this year. Welcome. And um, we're uh, my um, I guess I'm out of the Chicago area. But okay. I, I don't okay. live in Chicago. I live in Southern Illinois, down by St. Louis. Okay. Well, you know, if I'll I'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, I'll be at the convention. Okay. I'm going as a, I'm going as a delegate for our regional group. Good for you. And uh, they voted me in as vice president of the regional group. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, this we will be, be my talking. first term. So I'm looking forward to getting involved. Okay. Because uh, they well, want to they want to get more people from the southern part of the state involved. Right. Okay. Okay. And uh, you know, I, I look I look forward to your efforts in doing that. And yeah. And uh, I'll probably we'll be leaning on your wisdom. Okay. <laughs> to help guide me through these things. I'll be more than glad to help you. Yeah. But the, that, that area of the state has been neglected uh, for many, many years. Right. And the people that were uh, members, they've just fallen by the wayside because they felt nobody cared for them. Nobody was helping them. Right. So they had to just depend on their VIS coordinators and all these other type of people from the VA uh, instead of the BVA. So. It's, it's kind of right. crazy. We're hoping yeah, to turn the ship around. That's kind of the way, and, and I guess that's the way uh, a lot of our, you know, state boundary regional groups are. Um, you know, you've got a big VA, you know, uh, in fact, you've got a couple of them in the Chicago area. And then you've got one down toward um, 
uh, I can't remember where it is now in Southern Missouri, oh, but then you've one got, in Marion. Marion, that's the one I'm thinking of. Mm -hmm. And then you've got uh, a lot of veterans in the in Southern Illinois, around East St. Louis. Right. They go across the river to the VAs in in St. Louis, Cochran, Missouri. Okay. Yeah, that's where I go. Okay. Actually, so they, they have a satellite here in, in Illinois, in Shiloh, uh -huh. which is right down the street from my house. Okay. So I do most of my care there, except for if I have to go in for high exam or whatever. Yeah, I go over yeah. to Jefferson Barracks. Okay. So, so Jennifer I, Bach is one of the VIS that I'm She's I, my favorite. My yeah. mm -hmm. And she's actually giving it up this year. She's uh she's going to uh, work in the eye clinic again. Oh, okay. Well, she's going to be missed. Yeah, for sure. She okay. was a very good VIST. Yeah. I'm actually sorry to hear that. But she was, I think, getting a little burnout. Yeah. Okay. And that could be because I know she was covering both VAs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was wearing and tearing on her. Yeah. Okay. So, um. I just I, I just went blank there for a second. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I can tell you a little bit about myself. All right. Um, I um I had a stroke in 2012, and uh, because of that stroke, uh, it have, they don't know if it was my kidneys that caused the stroke, kidney damage, uh -huh. that caused the high blood pressure that caused my stroke, or as the other way around, my high blood pressure uh, aggravated the kidneys, which then caused my stroke. But uh -huh. that, that's why I had a stroke. And um, uh, the same day I had my stroke, I, I couldn't see. It just took my eyesight. Oh, okay. And it was, uh, I was totally blind. Okay. And uh, uh, talk about being depressed. I mean, that just came out of the clear blue. One minute uh -huh. I was at work. The next minute I went to the doctor. He sent me to the ER. And then uh, I had the stroke in the ER. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, so anyway, um, to make a longer story shorter, I um, the next day or so, I think my, my vision came back, but it didn't all come back. So right. I was left with um, fractional vision. Uh -huh. And um, I can't see anything from my waist down. It's like somebody just drew a line across my eyeball and okay. blacked out everything from the halfway point down. Yeah, like hemonopsia. Oh, you know all about it. Yeah, I know that much. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So I didn't even know that what it was called. Okay. Well, I, I ran into it when now. I was the VIS coordinator. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So I went. I went to Heinz, uh, but I didn't go right away. Uh, it was like five years before I went to Heinz. Okay. Uh, because I was on dialysis, and uh, uh, I couldn't. Okay. I couldn't go up there and be on dialysis. Right. So um ended up getting a kidney transplant and then I went to Heinz. Okay. So um I I enjoyed Heinz a lot. I really did. I learned a lot. I'd been given a uh, a white cane I guess my first 6 months after I got back to Illinois. Uh -huh. And um didn't know how to use it. I mean they gave me a 10 second or 10 minute course on how to use it. Um uh, that was all the O and M I got. Okay. But um, so I had a lot of bad habits to unlearn once I got to Heinz. Yeah, yeah, right. But uh, I feel I've learned it learned it right now. 
and uh, I've learned it the correct way. So I enjoy, um, I enjoy my life. I enjoy doing uh, what I do. Um, that's the reason I started this podcast was uh-huh. to help other veterans out there who um, may not have a chance to tell their story. And, um, you know, every veteran has a story. They just, uh, they want to share it, but yeah. um, their family members have heard it so many times they don't want to hear it anymore. Right. <laughs> so, you know, we started the blind spot just for that reason. And uh, so far it's been success. And um, I appreciate you coming on and telling your story. Well, and I appreciate you asking me to come on. Is there anything else you'd like to say or tell oh. the other veterans out there? Well, first of all, um, the Blinded Veterans Association, you know, it is an organization that was created in 1945 by a group of 100 veterans. And, you know, it actually started on March 28th of 1945. Um, I was actually born on March the 6th, 1945. So the PVA and I are about the same age. But uh, in 1958, we were chartered by Congress. And so we are the only organization chartered by Congress to provide advocacy on the part of blinded veterans on Capitol Hill in in order to try to secure uh, benefits and services, eligibility, maybe entitlement, but certainly this advocacy on the part of blind veterans. And so we're the only organization chartered by Congress to do specifically that for specifically blind veterans. And so we've, over the years, uh, we have some changes we've needed to make. And right now we're, we're in a, a, a situation where there are more changes we need to make and we need to you know try to make ourselves better. So um, I, 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 I will just say, as I, I look toward very likely being president, you know, in the next couple of months, um, a lot of what I like to do and want to do is empower our members. Um, if it wasn't for the members, we wouldn't have the organization. Right. So they deserve everything that we on the board of directors and our national office can do for them. That's why we're here. That's why we have the positions and, and the national office staff, the pay positions that they have is to work on behalf of the veterans. And so I, I'm looking forward to my presidency if I, if I get it. And I hope that I'm favorable in the eyes of my members and that I do them justice and um, give them what they thought they should have been getting by having their faith in me to elect me. Well, welcome, Mr. President. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> so uh, I don't, I don't think you're going to have any problems. I think well, it's all going to go according to God's plan, right? Yes, sir. Yes, it will. Now, you you mentioned that uh, things are changing, and I know they've been changing for the better. And uh, one of the big changes is that uh, it's not just for blinded veterans anymore; uh, it's for low vision veterans too, right? Yes. We made that bylaw change last year to allow veterans that are low vision, which means they're, in essence, their, their visual acuity is 
um, no better than 2070 as opposed to 2200. Uh huh. So 27 to 20, you know, between 2070 and 2200, that's more or less considered low vision. Okay. Right. And so your uh, legal blindness is, you know, blindness according to law, which is, and the law says, uh, legal blindness is a visual acuity no better than 2200 in the better eye with the best correction available or and or a visual field of no more than 20 degrees you know central vision so those two criteria establish legal blindness so there's a lot of visual impairment that goes on below that level and uh, our organization has moved to um, include those other veterans that are low vision in our membership now. Right. Now, that's also different than the VA's definition of low vision, isn't it? Actually, it's about the same as the VA's definition of low vision. Okay. And one of the things that happened, um, I won't say it was concurrently, but, you know, the two things followed each other is that the VA decided to allow low vision veterans to come into the blind rehab centers for training and, and diagnosis and issue of equipment. Right. And then, you know, actually we followed suit by allowing low vision veterans to be members of the blinded veterans association. One of the changes we made was that we used to have categories of members. And so there were life members and associate life members and, and whatnot. Now you're just, it's just members. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Cause when I joined or I sent in my paperwork, I sent it in as the lifetime membership. Right. And, and it's a life, if you applied, you get a lifetime membership and, um, we're looking at, at how we can, uh, extend to the future. Our membership dues are low compared to other service organizations. Right. And that was the intent of the founding members was to keep the membership low enough that any veteran that wanted to join could join. I think they started out at five bucks for a lifetime membership. It's well, changed over time. Yeah. You know, and, you know, we've had different systems, but right now, a lifetime membership is $50. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere else you go to other veteran service organizations, you may pay, you know, hundreds of dollars a year or certainly hundreds of dollars for a lifetime membership. Right. So, and most of them are over a hundred dollars a year. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And that adds so, up. <laughs> so, you know, we've, we've taken, that's what's been established for us to deal with. And so, uh, we're, we're trying to make, make what we have work for us and work right. for blinded veterans. So we're not interested in changing the, the dues to hundreds of dollars or a hundred dollars a year or anything like that. Uh, so we're going to have to, you know, be creative in, you know, how we finance the organization and manage membership. And I guess one thing I could say is if you know a blind veteran, point them toward the Blinded Veterans Association. Right. If you uh, if you are a blind veteran, then certainly direct yourself to the Blinded <laughs> Veterans Association.
And we have a website. It's bva.org. And you can go there and find out anything you want to find out about uh, our, our programs, our services, uh, our history, our upcoming convention, how to join, and um, anything else you can think of that has to do with Blinded Veterans Association. You should be able to find it on our website. Yeah, I suggest and, they get the newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. Yes, you can sign up for the newsletter. Uh, you can sign up to receive messages by email if you would like on what's happening within BVA, and 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 certainly you can uh, go there to find you know as much information as you want about uh, the direction to get to our VIS coordinators um, and uh, I. I well, I just hope that you'll go there. Right. And that again is Bravo Victor Alpha dot Oscar Romeo Golf. Yes, sir. And how can they reach you? Do you have a BVA email? Yes. Uh, I'm at PMIMMS at BVA.org. Okay. All right. Paul, I tell you, it's been a great time talking to you, and uh, we're going to wrap this up. I'm just going to do a quick commercial here for the people listening, but I do appreciate you doing this for me on such short notice. You're and welcome, and I hope the listeners have enjoyed it. I do, too, and I can't wait to, time to get to this person. point. <laughs> I can't wait okay. to meet you in person in August. Okay. Same All here. Right. Same here. All right. So hang on to the line, and I'll talk to okay. you in a minute. All right, folks, this has been another episode of The Blind Spot with Ray Morales. Now, listen, I know you guys have a lot of questions, and I'm willing to listen to them. So you can email me your questions at theblindspot298 at gmail.com. That's theblindspot298 at gmail.com. If you'd like to call me, uh, the number is... 270-339-6448. That's 270-339-6448. And uh, you can find us any place, um, Spotify, um, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. We do them all. So just look for us at The Blind Spot by Ray Morales. You have to put in that by Ray Morales or you're going to get a 40 different blind spots, and none of them have anything to do with blind people. So thank you very much for listening, and um, we'll see you again in the future.